every day. I know this morning, uh, some of you may have been here this morning, and uh, heard a message is, is kind of our theme for today as a church, is the whole idea of spiritual formation. How do we allow God to form us into the people he wants us to be? And, uh, and so we're in a series right now uh, called Big Rocks. And so if you're new here, it's great to join us. This is a series about some of the key priorities, what it looks like to follow Jesus, the, the kind of key important things. And one of those is this whole idea of spiritual formation. And I want to talk about that whole idea tonight. I, I also, uh, in addition, you can possibly, if you've ever heard me speak before, uh, you might know this is not always what I sound like. Uh, my, my voice is a little bit worse for wear at the moment. Uh, you can tell that because I'm talking. What you can't tell just looking at me is that my shoulders and my legs and kind of most of kind of I guess what you might call the neck down feel quite similar to what my voice sounds like. I, uh, one of my favorite uh, annual traditions at man camp is, uh, is a game of flag football. Uh, do we have, how many people were there for the flag football game? Give me a, a shout, uh, a yell. We got it. yeah, we had a few around. And, uh, and one of the challenges of the flag football game, and when I talk a little tonight, I may sound like I used to sound when I played uh, flag football <laughs> as, a, as a young man in middle school. Uh, but one of the, the, the challenges in playing that game once a year is I, I don't properly condition myself to play flag football uh, once a year, to sprint as hard as I can uh, on my way up to the weekend. Uh, I nourished myself on a, and I chose the healthy route. I needed to grab some fast food, but because I knew it, you know, this was a weekend I want to be in tip-top shape. I ordered the classic Angus meal at McDonald's. I know, I know, because it's Angus beef. It's healthy. So it's like, it's not like I just got a Big Mac, you know. This is proper Angus beef. And uh, so anyway, but here's the point. Whenever you try to do something, uh, let's say I want to exert myself in a football game. I want to be able to run with speed. I want to be able to, to move with precision. I want to be able to, to throw a ball and hit somebody on a pinpoint. That's what people are like, Dean, you're just dreaming no matter <laughs> what. But nevertheless, I want to do those things. You have to actually prepare yourself for those moments. Spiritual formation is a recognition that if we want to live the lives that God wants us to, if we want to kind of be a part of the dreams and, and ideas and, and visions that God gives us, we can't expect to sort of live one way every single day and expect that once in a while we can kind of pull it out and I'm just going to perform. And the flag football thing's not a great example because I have so much raw talent at work anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just kidding. You just can't. Can't expect that we can live one way seven days a week or four weeks a month or one way 12 months a year. And then just expect that we have been formed into being the kind of people who can experience the abundant life that God wants for us and the moments he wants us to be a part of. In fact, one of the, when I was probably in my early mid-20s, it was the first time as Christ followed, this idea kind of got across to me of spiritual formation. Uh, and, and, and there's a, a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4, I think it's verse 16, but I'm not certain. And, and Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, this kind of young pastor in training, this young man. And Paul's writing to him. And he tells him that you should 
train yourself for godliness. He says, train yourself. And when I was 25, I was so excited because it had never dawned on me in all the time that I followed Christ that there were exercises and habits I could put in place in my life whereby I could actually train myself to be more like Christ. This morning you would have heard one of the things Paul says is, is train yourself for godliness because godliness has value, not just for, it has value for this life and the next. This physical training has got some value. There's good. That is good. You know, I want to be in better shape when the flag football game rolls around next year. Physical training has got great value. But Paul says spiritual training, spiritual formation, training yourself for godliness, it holds value for this life. It will allow you to experience this life in all its fullness and all it's meant to be. And it also holds promise for the life to come. It leads us into the life of heaven, which we get to start experiencing now and goes on for all eternity. It's an awesome thing. And so I want to, and, and I guess, you know, so as I said, I, that was one of the first times for me. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, grabbed hold of this idea that there are things we can do in our lives that allow God to carry out his forming work in us. This morning, if you were here, I encourage you, if you weren't, to go back and listen to the podcast this morning. I talked about this prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesian church. And, and at the end of it, he gives this great, and he's, he's praying that they will know God's love. They will carry the presence of Jesus in their lives. And at the end of it, he says, and now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory now and forever in Jesus Christ and in his church forever and ever. Amen. Amen. There's this key phrase there. According to his power at work within us. And spiritual formation or training yourself for godliness is all about cooperating, working with the power of God that's already at work in your life. So how do I put some things into place? So that, you know what, following Jesus isn't I go, I go to a, a service once a week, and that's great. It is, it is great. It's important. We come together. We worship. We draw encouragement. It's critical. It's a, it's a part of following Jesus. But if this is the extent of what it looks like for us to follow Jesus, we have missed it. Because we can't think we could live one way six days a week, have one experience for a couple hours on a Sunday, and then somehow we will be transformed people. So I want to just talk to you tonight about uh, about some about some spiritual disciplines, and I, I'm calling tonight habits and hacks uh, for spiritual formation, and and I'm using the word hack. Here's the thing about that word hack. These are some of the things I have found helpful. That's why I'm going to call them hacks. I want to try and give you spiritual disciplines. You'll have heard of many of these disciplines before. I'm just going to share with you some of what's been helpful for me over the years since I kind of really grabbed hold of this. That that I found this was helpful. And I hope it might be helpful for you. You may have some things that are already helpful. You can share them with people. Um, but I'm also calling these habits. The, the whole idea of hacks, you just have to know this about spiritual formation. That is not in any way to give you the idea that there's any kind of shortcut. It's just like there's no shortcut to being in shape or getting healthy. And if I told you you could listen to a talk about being healthy and in shape and somehow you just be healthy and in shape, you go, that doesn't seem quite right. But sometimes we end up mistakenly applying that idea to even come into a church service like this. So I want to talk to you about habits and hacks. Because our habits, I love this phrase, 
You can tell by the crack in my voice. I love this phrase. <laughs> Just embarrassing. Seriously, try to remember you're 14. Now imagine you're negative speech. And so, uh, you know, I, I love this quote. We make our habits and then our habits make us. We make our habits and then our habits make us. And so these are habits that actually you have, to, you have to be intentional. You have to choose. But when you choose and decide these are what my habits will be, then our habits make us. Uh, John Dryden, he was a, actually a, a poet and a literary critic uh, from the 17th century, lived around the 1660s. You guys familiar with him? Obviously I am. Uh, I actually just know this quote, and I was like, who said that? And I looked it up. Turns out he's a poet and literary critic from the 1600s. So uh, I really have no other things I can tell you about John Dryden. But I've always loved this quote. And I love it because it, it kind of reminds us, you know what, we, we ultimately, we are, we are our habits. You know, sometimes we have the idea that sort of the things I choose to do, it, it's sort of like some people, you know, at spiritual disciplines or training yourself, some people have like this just capacity for willpower. And they just make good decisions. They just got the willpower to say, I'm going to get up early and spend some time in God's word. They just have the willpower to decide, I'll do this and do that. It's actually a mistake. The more we learn about the brain, willpower is like a limited resource. It's like a muscle. We all have a certain amount of willpower. And we all use it throughout the day. And then by the end of a day, you have a limited amount left. That's why I often choose to order a McDonald's takeaway in a nutshell. You made enough good decisions, hey, finally the willpower is done and just like whatever. And the habit takes over. Now, that actually is a little bit of a glimpse of why sometimes we struggle to make progress in spiritual formation. Because we have not, if we're relying on willpower, you're never actually going to get there. What we have to do is choose some habits. Because once something becomes a habit, it takes over. I had two years of my life where I basically didn't eat McDonald's. I lived paleo for two years. I look back and I'm like, who were you, Dean? <laughs> and where are you? Give me a call sometime. Let's talk. <laughs> but you know why it was different? Because I put so many habits in place that that became my lifestyle. So here are uh, some habits. I want to start with this. Here's a, a habit you can start with. Let me hear you say habits. Awesome. Sounded much stronger than my voice did. <laughs> I want to start thinking about our habits this way. If you want to have habits that transform you and allow God to form you over time, uh, as I mentioned, it's not enough to sort of have rhythms that are sort of like once a week or once a month or once a year. Uh, what do your daily rhythms and habits look like? We've all got them. We all have daily habits. The only question is, have you intentionally chosen what your habits are? Have you taken the time to make the habits? Because otherwise, your habits are making you and making me. Now, one of the ways I encourage you, here's, here's going to be our, our first step. I want to talk to you about the idea of bookends. Let me hear you say bookends. I'm going to periodically have you say things so I can be quiet. Um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about this actually this morning for some of you who are there, but it's such a key thing, and I want to just share this with everybody. Y you know, if you want to have habits that are going to allow Christ to form you, like I said, you can't have a rhythm where, like, this is something a part of your life like once a week or once a month or twice a month. Or you actually have to have a rhythm daily habits. Just like kind of exercising once a month. Well, it's better than nothing, but it's not really going to be transformative now, is it? Now, one of the great things you can think about if you want to walk with God every day is to think about your day like this in terms of bookends. The way it starts and the way it finishes. 
Every day is sort of like a unique story that I believe God's actually waiting to write with us of any given day. And one of the great ways to sometimes, I think, think about our day is what does the start and the stop even look like? What are the bookends on both sides of that story in the middle? And if I want to walk with God in the middle, I want to walk with him in all those spaces right throughout the day. I believe that the way we start our day has a potential to sometimes be almost like a rudder for the day, if you've ever heard that. And then the way we finish our day gives us capacity, and then in between, we walk with God the way. Now, what, so what I want to suggest to you is the habits you put in place at the start and the stop of your day are quite critical in how you'll end up, you know, living out your life in faith. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about what you can put into these two spaces, in the morning and in the evening. And it's not to say, I've heard some people, sometimes people go, well, what's the matter if I just sort of read my Bible for a few minutes in the morning? It doesn't make any, it, it, that is a very reductionistic way of looking at it. The point is, how do you start your day? How do you walk with God through the day? And when you put things in place at the top and bottom, it often allows you to, to be able to lean into that more. Does that make sense? So let's start with, uh, we're going to start with uh, uh, the morning slot. And one of the things I'd encourage you to think about is in, in the morning slot, creating a space where there's some room for some spiritual formation in your life. There's some room to pursue the presence of God in your life. And at the end of the day, making sure that there's some room, there's some space where you can pursue the presence of God in your life. Here's, and so I'm going to talk through a number of spiritual disciplines. And all of these are things you could put in the top, the bottom. Some of them we'll talk about are more periodic. But we're just going to go through some of the classic spiritual disciplines. If you've followed Christ for a while, you'll have heard of these. If you're new to faith or you've never even really thought, like, what does this have to offer me? These are things you can put in place in your life that make a huge difference. Here's our first one we're going to talk about. It's this word, solitude. Let me hear you say solitude. Wish that word was longer. Um, solitude is like when you wish you were alone instead of talking to everybody while your voice cracks periodically. Solitude, the opposite of this. Solitude is this, I'm going to talk about this one first. It's like a bedrock foundational spiritual practice if you want to allow the spirit to do his work in you, to form you to be like Christ. Do you know, we live in, uh, well, let's, let's think about it like this for a moment. Do you know, Jesus, how critical solitude, time alone was in his life. Immediately after his baptism in the book of Mark, we're told the spirit sends him, almost catapults him, it says, into the wilderness, into the desert, to be alone with God for 40 days. You watch the rhythm of his life, and it's punctuated constantly with a rhythm of Jesus rose early in the morning to be by himself. It says that he went to the lonely places, the places where he was on his own. There's times at night, we looked at one of those stories not long ago, where he says, you guys go on ahead. I'm going to stay back and pray. I'm going to be alone with God. Solitude is so critical if we want to allow God to form us. Most true transformation in the life of a Christ follower will take place in solitude on your own. It doesn't mean the times you're with other people are not important or critical. But I really believe most true transformation actually takes place in solitude. And the challenge that we have to think about in our day especially is this. If Jesus had to find solitude in the ancient world that he lived in, how much more critical do you think solitude is in the hyper-connected world that we live in? If he had to actually create that space to disconnect from others and be on his own with the Father, 
how much more critical is it that we find those spaces in a world that is literally hyper-connected? We are all connected all the time. Most of us will never be more than two feet away from this thing for most of our days that connects us to like all of human history, knowledge, people on every side of the world, text messages, social media, all that. We are in a hyper-connected world. And then we have people we live with and in, in, in busy lives, we, we often say. So we have to choose to put ourselves in situations where we are alone with God. That's why it's called a, a discipline. We actually have to choose it. You know, and discipline is all about saying, I'm going to put aside what I want now for what I want most. Right now, I kind of want to check my phone and see what's happening. What I want most is to be formed by Christ. So I'm going to say no to that and yes to time alone with God. We actually have to, to choose to say, now here's my little hack for solitude. That's solitude. We need this. And stuff happens when we're in solitude. I'm convinced if almost nothing else happens, when you actually create time alone, just something begins to change in your mind and in your heart. Stuff begins to settle, to clear, to make room and way for God to do stuff in your life. And, and so th this on its own, we're going to look at how it combines with some other things tonight. But here's my, here's my hack for you on solitude. You want, you want a hack? Again, I'm going to ask questions and they do the answer. Just <laughs> cough a little breather. Uh, find a rock or a ritual. And a rock, if you've ever uh, been around me, you know I'm a big fan of saying find a rock. You know what the rock is? It's somewhere you go to be alone with God. So, you know, most places I've lived, I've always found a, an often a literal rock. The first place I started doing this when I was 25, I was living on the side of a, essentially it's kind of like a, a hilly mountainous area where my apartment was where I was studying and at the top of that mountain there was all these rocks and you could sit up there and from where you could even sit up there you could see the skyline of New York City actually I mean it was this beautiful kind of mountain kind of area and you sit on a rock and I made that my rock for a while and I would go there and I would just that was my rock so if I need to be alone with God I'd go to that rock and everywhere I've ever moved ever since I always have certain rocks and spaces where if there is something really powerful about kind of the the built-up collective memory of what it's like to be in one place consistently with God. And it's like when I go there, I know I'm not going there for any other reason but then to be alone with God. And somehow that turns, it's like, you know, solitude, it helps that disconnection becomes, instead of being a difficult thing to disconnect, it's like immediately you just somehow, everything, that's where I am. I'm alone. I'm in this space. Can't tell you where my rocks are now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be alone there. <laughs> The other thing I'd encourage you as well is a ritual. So sometimes, you know, one of the places I love to go and literally sit on a rock uh, now, you know, I can't always go there or go there every day. I can go there periodically or, you know, different frequencies. But uh, on a daily basis, you know what? You might need, sometimes you need a rock, sometimes you need a ritual. You need something you do. I, I love, uh, if I'm at home and I'm going to make coffee, I love to make it in a, in a French press or plunger, whatever you want to call it. There's something for me in the morning about going through the ritual uh, when I'm in, in different seasons of rain of going, I'm making a coffee, and Lord, I'm going to sit down, and we're just going to sit together. Just, it's just a little ritual, but it's a little something that lets me know. That's the only time pretty much I ever use one of those or make one of those. But there's something about it that lets me know this is going to be a time I'm just alone with God. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. And you know what? Time alone with God just looks good. Oh, should you be having coffee? That sounds like joy or fun. 
solitude should be joyful. It does, it's not here to be like painful. It's there to be a time you connect with God in. So that's solitude. Uh, here's the second one. I want to combine this a little bit with solitude, and that's um, the word silence. Let me hear you say silence. Now we're all going to be silent for the next five minutes. Let's just quiet. Or I'll do what I said to whisper. <laughs> silence. One of the things that I encourage you to do, if you've never done this, uh, we'll look at a few different things to do. When you are creating time, you're creating space to be alone with God. One of the practices and habits that is worth beginning to kind of uh, experiment with, train yourself in and try this, is literally what's called the spiritual discipline of silence. Choosing to be alone with God. Prayer is meant to be a two-way conversation. Sometimes we think about prayer as here's when I come to God and I tell him uh, everything. And part of prayer is, is our conversation to God. Part of prayer should be and needs to be us listening to God. And one of the ways we begin to prepare our hearts and our minds to be able to hear from God is by learning to cultivate silence. Silence is something we have to, it, this kind of goes alongside solitude. You won't get silence without solitude. But silence is also, uh, throughout the, the ages, this is one of the ways people have chosen to actually pursue specifically silence. I will just sit with the Lord in silence. Now, if you've ever tried to do this, and here's what it kind of looks like a little bit at the pursuit of silence of trying this particular habit. Uh, to just sort of say, Lord, I'm going to choose to consciously dwell in your presence right now. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to say anything to you. I actually want to create space if you want to say something to me. And I'm going to sit in silence. Now what I experienced when I tried to pursue this habit in my own life is this. It's trying to find silence. I'm like, you know, it's silent out there, but my head is like noisy as can be. And what you'll find if you try this is typically our minds, they're almost like an undisciplined child. And we want to be silent to just hear from God, but you'll find your thoughts are going like everywhere. You know, they just, they do it. You don't even mean to. Here's my little, here's my little hack for you if you want to kind of pursue the spiritual discipline. Try setting a timer. I started with just going, Lord, the different times when I'm sitting with him, I'm just going to be silent for five minutes because that feels like a lot right now. And the reason I literally set a timer is because otherwise after a minute, I'm like, has it been an hour or two? <laughs> Have we been here all day, a minute and a half? Are you kidding me? And if you try this one, you may find something similar because not only do we live in a hyper-connected world, we live in a hyper-noisy world. And a lot of the things that we are around and about are almost rewiring our brains and make it difficult for us to be silent and quiet. Blaise Pascal has this great quote that all the problems of mankind really find their source in this, that we cannot just sit alone in our rooms and be quiet. We're always wanting something. So silence is a great habit. Set a timer. Try one minute. Try two minutes. Uh, try five minutes. Try ten minutes. I'm just going to sit. But I always encourage set a timer. It actually allows you to sort of put some bookends and say, I'm going to try this. I'm going to practice this. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about tonight, let's talk about scripture for a minute. Uh, you cannot, you know, scripture and reading the scriptures uh, is something that, again, if you follow Jesus for any amount of time, this is not a brain hit. But can I ask you something? Is this a habit in your life to be in the scriptures? Is it habitual that you find yourself in the scriptures? We are confronted. I mean, there's studies done on how many messages we're all confronted with. It's, it's unprecedented in all of human history. How many messages we take in in a day, whether we want to or not. They're on billboards and posters and commercials. 
even my free Spotify account. It's always pressing in, you know, some message. Do you have a, a habit of, of taking in the messages of the word of God or the scripture? And what's that habit look like? Here's my encouragement to you is uh, here's a simple, small habit. This is just a little hack if you're trying to build this habit and it's not in your life. One simple decision you can make is that the first message or the first word I take in on any given day is always going to be from Scripture. If you're sort of like Dean, you're, you know, uh, like it sounds like an awesome idea to get up and read God's Word and be alone and, and make that pot of coffee, all these things. Like I'm just, uh, you know, my mornings are chaos, they're frantic, I'm trying to whatever. Um, here's a place to start to just determine, no matter what, the first thing I read, the first thing that comes in my mind is always going to be from God's Word. Maybe it's just one verse. Just start with one verse a day. You know, the, the version, the Bible app, many of you, how many people have that app on your phone? You know, it's an amazing thing. It's actually this great tool and resource that, that can help when we use it to, to make some of these things habitual in our lives. You know, every day there's one verse. You can just read that one verse and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to go there. There's, there's all kinds of different ways. That's a one little hack to just say to get started. But the biggest thing I just say, if you want to make it a habit to be in the scriptures, have a plan. If you wake in the morning and you don't have any idea what you're going to read in the scriptures, what I can tell you is your likelihood of getting into the scriptures will go down about 95%. But when you make a plan and know this is what I'm reading, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, uh, Somehow it just makes it all that easier because you're, you're beginning to build a habit and you're not you're taking out decision making. You're not having to now figure out what am I going to read. I've made a plan. I'm going to do it. I started off in uni. One of my simple plans was I just wrote all the books of the New Testament. And I was just like, I'm going to read through the New Testament. And whenever I get done with a book, I'd write. I just toss it off the list. And then that way I'm sort of like, well, what have I not read yet? Doesn't matter what it is. I'm just going to read it. And then, boom, I'll toss that off the list. There's no limit to the ways to do it. You know, in the version, there's all these Bible plans that you can actually get on there. And it will remind you if you want. You know, and it will show you. Here, read this. And there's a devotion of things that can help you. But have a plan. And, and I encourage you as well to know this. Uh, one of the things about reading the scriptures is also understand this. There are all kinds of ways to read the scriptures. That sometimes we kind of get locked into one mode. Can I encourage you to make a habit of experimenting with different ways of reading the scriptures? Uh, you know, one thing is sometimes just read the scriptures for familiarity. Sometimes we're like, I got to read the Bible. So I got to get the pot of coffee to quiet. I got to be fully alone. I've got to like make sure I'm able to draw out the applications, exactly what I'll do. Do you know it's sometimes good just to read the Bible for familiarity? Just to kind of get it in there. You know, this year, one of the habits I want to put in place is I want to read through the Bible in a year. So I started a plan on version, And when I read that, my goal is not that I would remember everything. Because when you're reading a, a great chunk in a whole day, it's a little bit difficult. But you know what I want? I want to be more and more familiar always over time with all the scriptures. And so I'm trying to build that habit. And it takes work and I progress and I go backwards and forwards. But I'm trying to build a habit. Anyway. There's other things, you know, Lexio Divina, if you've never heard of that, it has like a, a kind of more formal expression. Uh, it comes from the Latin for divine reading, I think it is. But it's, it's kind of the idea, and I won't explain it super well, but you can kind of look it up. But this is the thing I always took away from it. This is kind of my expression. It's just this way when you read the scriptures, you sort of sit with it, and you read it slowly, and you just kind of chew on it. Sometimes we want to get something out of the scriptures, 
what's my what's the thing that it's going to what's my application for the day nothing wrong with that but sometimes you actually just read and you just almost sit with it and just let it soak let it soak in your mind you soak in it sometimes imagine it reading stories of the new testament and imagine yourself in that story imagine yourself as different people in there's all different ways to read the scripture but trying to build a habit of yep this is regular in my life somewhere let's do uh let's do one more here's here's one more we'll we'll just look at tonight oh no we got to do we got we'll do two more okay can we do two more are you okay with two more no seriously humor me are you okay with two more all right good i knew you were i could tell you were a crew that really wanted to get somewhere with this two last ones uh for tonight uh one of them i want to encourage you if you've never practiced this habit is journaling uh and you know Often, you know, uh, journaling is where you write things out. A, a lot of probably, I probably know more women who like journaling than I do men. So I'll speak to uh, men in particular. Journaling is how you just get stuff out of your mind or out of your heart and on paper. And there's something powerful when that happens. And this is sometimes uh, a, a useful thing to do, uh, to try writing prayers to God. If you find yourself sometimes having a hard time to focus, or if you sometimes find it hard to get in touch with actually what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my soul, God, what do I really need to talk to you about today? Try journaling. You could try just writing out a prayer. I, I do a lot of journaling where I just write, you know, dear Lord. And then I start from there, and I start writing basically like a letter to God that's my prayer. And it's amazing how it ends up helping me shape what I'm actually going through or processing or understanding. Don't ever kind of judge your journaling or think about like, oh, is that right or wrong? I feel like journaling should look different. Try sometimes bullet points. Just kind of, God, here's what's on my mind. But what it does is it can focus you and help you reflect. The point of it really is about reflection. For God to form us, we have to have some process where we're reflecting on what's going on in our lives and what he wants to teach us and show us and reveal to us. And that's what journaling can help you do. Uh, bullet points. Now, and here's my, my last little hack tip with that is that if you really want to be formed in Christ, one of the things to think about in your journaling as well is how do you process disappointment and grief? Uh, one of the reasons, especially men often, I know myself and lots of guys, gravitate towards the Psalms. We love the Psalms, actually. And you have often in the Psalms uh, these incredibly emotional uh, poems by David. And he just kind of talks about whatever's on his heart and mind. And he says some pretty intense stuff at times. And he, he basically shakes his fist at times, it feels like. Sometimes he's frustrated. He's angry. He gets angry at other people. He says some stuff about other people. And people are like, how can that be in the Bible? And you're like, you don't understand. It's not saying this is okay. It's saying this is how he felt in that moment. And he's honest enough to get it out. And I love that. And in your journaling, I encourage you. You know, Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. The word mourn means to get what's on the inside to the outside. Do you know where there's some blessing in life? It's getting what's on the inside out. And journaling can help you do that. Writing it, the process of it. Because we all have pain, we all have disappointments, we all have times that we feel let down. If you don't process that, it can make you bitter on the inside. But if you process your pain and you process your disappointment, it actually makes you better instead of bitter. And, and, it's, and it's sometimes we think, oh, journal, I better write nice things. Like, just get out what's on the inside. God's big enough for it. We got a whole book called Psalms to remind us of that. Here's the last one. Confession. 
And, and, and this one, this is why I said we have to do two more, because confession, if you don't have a habit of confession in your life, you will not make progress being formed into the image of Christ. Confession is, it, it's a word that means to say with. That's where it kind of comes from. I think in the Latin, maybe the Greek, it could be the Spanish. I don't know. You know how that kind of works. But somehow, confess, I think those are two Latin words, means to say with. The whole, so in our English, where we get the idea of confession, what is it? It's to say with God that what God shows me is sin. I say with God, yes, this is sin. This is wrong. I say it with him. So to walk in the light with God is to allow God to show us in our lives what is sin. Where have we gone wrong? And that's not because God's like in the business of wanting to just be mean to us and be like, look, you stuffed up. It's because God wants to show us that's sin. That's not where life is to be found. And when we confess, when we say with God, yes, you're right, God, that was, that was wrong. Please forgive me for that. I don't want to do that again. I say with you, that is sin. No excuses, Lord. I'm sorry. And Lord, would you help me to not, to not go back to that, to break that pattern, to change that thing. And if you hurt someone in the process, to, I'll go and I'll make it right with them. A habit of confession. Let me just ask you this question. You just answer it in your head. Would you say you have a habit of confession in your life? That your interactions with the Spirit of God is at work in your heart and soul include regularly saying, you're right, that's sin. I wanted to just say I was stressed out, and that's why I reacted so short. No, God, that was actually sin. I wasn't trusting you, and so I was so worked up about that that then I took it out on someone over there. That's sin. I'm sorry, Lord. That's what. And you know, at the core of so much of what we do is actually so often we, we're, we're not trusting God, we're not valuing God, we're valuing something else over God, and we allow the Spirit of God to show us. So here's my, my hack for you on this one, uh, and, and we'll just talk about this one, these bottom two. When you pray, when you're in a moment of solitude, whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night, to say to God, just say to the Spirit, Spirit, would you show me? You know, maybe this is one you can kind of do at the end of the day. I talked about a whole kind of thing around this this morning, so I won't go back through all that. But maybe at the end of the day, you say, Spirit, would you show me where I, I, I kind of missed it today, where I let you down? Show me if there's anything you want to highlight and bring to mind that actually I was off. I missed it. And that's what sin said. It literally means we missed the mark. You know, Spirit, show me where I missed it today. If you regularly, habitually pray that prayer, then here's the amazing thing. Sometimes we're like, man, I want to learn to hear the voice of God. If you will create space in your life as a habit where you actually say, Spirit, would you show me where I missed on that? And then sit in the science, silence, in the quiet. Sometimes you'll be amazed what he brings to mind. And, and there may be a moment that actually you missed in your whole day. This, this happens to me. And I'm like, ah, oh, missed it there. You're right. Spirit, no excuses. That was wrong. That was sin. I missed it there. And I don't want to do that again. And if there's something I got to do to make it right now with someone else, I'm going to go do that. And here's the second part to that. Here's the other hack that goes along with it is to walk with others in this. To actually, you know, if you're allowing God to deal with those things, one of the best things you can do uh, is to walk with others in it. We talked a lot over the, the, the weekend just going about living with a the, the roof off between us and God and the walls down between us and others. 
to actually kind of walk openly and honestly with others. And one of the best things you can do when it comes to confession is to have people in your life. And confession, it sounds like such a, you know, painful word, but it's actually, this is a life-giving reality. Uh, and, 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 and what you can do is when you actually have people that you can share, you know what, this is how God's talked to me. This is something he pointed at in me the other day, and I realized I think I need to do something about this. When you walk with others, a couple things happen. One, you get perspective on the outside. You know, sometimes we're so in our own world, sometimes it works like this. We can, we're so capable of self-deception. We can talk ourselves into thinking, nah, that was no way that was wrong for X, Y, Z. And sometimes we need to ask someone else, say, how do you see that? And get an objective response. Sometimes it goes the other way. I've had this where sometimes we're like, you know, I'm trying to figure out, am I wrong here? Am I missing it? Am I getting this wrong? And I'll go to someone who I know will tell me the truth and say, what do you think? Because this is where I'm at. What do you, how do you see this? I don't want to get this. And they, no, 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 actually, you're doing good there. Like, this is right. Continue in this. To walk with others and to walk openly with others is amazing how it actually allows you to be part of this process where now Jesus is forming you. Here's, here's a, a quote I love on this. It comes from a guy named Norman Grubb, uh, a book called Continuous Revival. And he says uh, kind of about this idea confession. He says, to be really wide open before God, he actually wants to say, God, show me, whatever you got, show me. And to be open before man is to be ready at all times to tell of his dealings with me. To just kind of, you know what, when you're with people, to, to just know, actually, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to talk about in appropriate ways with appropriate people about how God is working in my life. Does that make sense? And, and here's the thing. So all these things, uh, this is just, you know, a handful that I kind of grabbed today of some habits and what I hope are some hacks that can help you maybe try to take a step in making these habitual in your life. Things that are happening on a daily basis. Things that, because when you, here's what I know, and, there, and there's, there's plenty, I encourage you, get a book on spiritual disciplines, look at some of these things. They have, they have helped literally the people of God throughout the centuries be formed into the people of God. So that our lives look different from other people who have not been shaped by the Spirit. And, and I encourage you to, to think about, you know what, what's, a, what's one habit? You know, all these things you heard today, uh, you know, and if you're like, Dean, is this like a, a, is this your week in a nutshell? Like in one week, you know, you're reading through the whole Bible, you did the Lectio Divina, you know, you had like con seven sessions of, you know, kind of confessing called six mentors to process it with them and then journaled like 80 pages. Dean, no wonder you're so out of shape, you know, <laughs> like, this is, don't for a second uh, sort of think, this is not up here in any way, sort of way. This is what my life looks like on a daily basis. This is, but this is what the habits of my life over 15 years have looked like. These are different things. I go through seasons where I, I think, you know what, I want to lean into silence. I go through seasons where I want to lean into solitude. I go through seasons I want to lean into scripture. I want to read it this way. And I just want to encourage you to say, what's one habit I could start to put into place? that, you know what, this is something I want to lean into. I want to step into it in a new way. Because as you do that, as you create that space, the Spirit of God begins to work inside you, and He begins to form you. And His dream, in fact, Romans 8.29, I'm going to finish with this verse. Eight, Romans 8.29 reminds us of, of God's dream for our lives. It says, for those God foreknew, He also predestined. This is your destiny in mind to be conformed to the image of his son, 
that our lives would begin to look like Jesus, but uniquely kind of refracted and reflected through you and through me. So that he, that Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That our lives would look like his. It'd be like people, when they see us, they just know there's a family resemblance between you and Jesus. You know, we all, most people you meet, whatever they think of Christianity, most people are always, man, Jesus. There is something about him people feel. Do you know what? We are called to be so distinctly shaped and formed that we bear the family resemblance. And I want to encourage you, that doesn't happen when we come and listen to to someone like me talk, even if my voice was not cracking (laughs) repeatedly. That doesn't happen just when we gather. Something important happens here, but we don't get transformed by this experience. This is something. We make our habits, and then our habits make us. And I hope you know this. God wants you to have some habits that make you into, you know, someone whose life literally Like people say, man, you just remind me of somebody. You remind me of Jesus. That's an incredible dream. It's an incredible dream for a life, where abundant life is possible. I want to finish by just praying for you right now. I want to encourage you. Why don't you take a moment and just bow your head right where you are. And as you do that, uh, I want to encourage you to just sit in the quiet for a moment and maybe say to yourself or maybe just kind of say to God, you know what? Lord, is there one of these habits that I want it to be like a daily habit? I want it to be part of the rhythm of my life. Don't want it to be something that's kind of once a year, once a month. But, Lord, this is one I feel you kind of saying, yeah, lean into this thing. Just sit and allow him to maybe bring one to mind. Or maybe for your own self as you reflect on your life, just, Lord, that's one I want to go after. Just identify it and get a name for it. encourage you to do something. If you've got a name to it, you think, yep, that's one, that's just, that's one thing I'm going to go after, you know, this week. You know, not three months, no, this week. I'm going to encourage you to do this. You know, maybe tonight or when you have a conversation with somebody after this service or or when you're home with or with some friends, uh, to share with somebody and just say, you know what, this is one, you know, that was really talking to me. I want to, I want to lean into that. And this is one that I want to, I think I want to lean into. There's just something about being willing to articulate it, to share with someone else. This is what God's doing in my life. I want to lean into that. And I tell you what, if you're willing to do that, you'll be all the more likely to start building a new habit into your life. And and now, even while we just kind of stay in a moment with our heads bowed, I want to encourage you. If you know, yep, there's something here for me tonight, and I want to lean into it. What I want to do is I want to pray for you in a moment. I want to pray that God is going to bless and make that a new habit in your life incredibly fruitful. That he will use it to shape you, to chisel you, to conform you to the image of Christ. And if you know that's something you want to lean into, I want to encourage you, just lift your hand. Just a way of saying, yep, I want that. I want to be a part of that prayer. We'll pray in a moment. That's awesome. Just lift it up. You can put it down. Just a way of saying, yep, I know I want that. I want to be part of that prayer. Lord, in this moment, I want to pray for every person who's wanting to respond to what you're speaking to them. Knowing that, Lord, the fruit of that decision will not be something that just happens tonight or tomorrow, but but that, Lord, it's going to happen as they carve out the space. It's going to happen as they build a new habit. And, Lord, what I want to ask right now 
is that your spirit would already be preparing the way and your spirit would already be coming upon them in such a way that when they move into that habit, it will activate your power within them. It will create a space where your power begins to shape something in their heart, shape something in their soul, shape them more into the image of Christ. That it makes their heart more and more a place where your spirit dwells in fullness and where the life of heaven, the abundant life that you offer us, flows in greater measure into their life. And then flows out into the world around them. Into their lives, into their world, into their relationships, into their families, and school places, and workplaces. Such that heaven is coming to earth through them. And through your work in their life. Lord, I pray it bring them joy and life in abundance. Because Jesus, you came so that we might have them. I pray that as they put themselves in those spaces, they would know it. And I pray that you would do in them and through them immeasurably more than all they could ask or imagine. According to your power at work within them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 I encourage you. Lean into it. Step into it. There's kind of no shortcut around it. We're going to stand up. Why don't you stand where you are? And uh, we're going we're gonna to sing one last song together. A song of 